sunshine Lay you down in the warm white sand And who knows, maybe this time Things will turn out just the way you planned Jesse, paint your pictures About how it's gonna be By now I should know better Your dreams are never free But tell me all about our little trailer by the sea Jesse, you can always sell any dream to me Oh Jesse, you can always sell any dream to me Beautiful music on a beautiful Easter Sunday. It's it's about two thirty in the afternoon, but it feels like nine a.m. It just the the more balance I've found in my life, the serenity that comes along. Um, well, you work for it, but uh, it does come along. Uh, it's interesting that an hour will feel like three hours or four hours or otherwise. I mean, I work. I guess in the neighborhood of probably average forty six to. You know, hours a week. I stop myself. When you say you average, the average is 46. You don't say I average 46 to 50, and it's a range. That's not an average. Uh, you know, I try to be too meticulous about things fitting the definition. But uh, it has been a beautiful Easter, and a lot of things have gone on. And I don't remember, you know, the last show that I put together was you know, probably about some of the same situations, but I find myself more and more engaged in projects outside of work that just they just tend to quantify and enhance my happiness my balance is just it's on a different level now I just you know I, I've been trying to write the same four things on my new desktop that I bought uh well, some of those are older than the desktop. They because it's Microsoft and it, you know, Windows syncs it from one system to the other. I, months, a couple of them, a couple of them are weeks old. I don't know if anything's just weeks old. You can measure them in weeks, but they certainly are probably several months old. I, I've just found that I, I, with everything in tune. Doesn't run completely smoothly, but it's tuned up, right? Everything professionally is going well, and then at home, I mean, everything's on auto pay, and I, I do all right, right? I do more than all right. A um, couple of weeks back, we put a new ceiling in the community center, and a week after that, it, you know, my mother ran into some issues. We resolved some issues, and I tore the deck off my my home, but. I found I always I wanted to have a concrete pad instead of having a wooden deck, and uh, because of the nature of the back of my home, it's, it's it's not open to getting a concrete truck back there. So I said, "Well, we'll hand mix it." And they said, "Oh hell no, we we're not not that much concrete." Well, that was when I still had the deck. To my surprise and delight, when I was taking it, you use about a five foot long pry bar and you can, 
Anyway, it took the whole afternoon to, to do the deck, and then there was some time spent pressure washing and you take the lumber to the landfill. And Look, now that i got a concrete pad that was a surprise underneath of all of that, built a fire pit. Went through a couple of different designs. And I bought enough cinder block to do a couple of different ways, and I laid it out a couple of different ways. And you got to put a basis um, or a, a base of the fire pit that is a divider between the range of where the flames will be and then the actual concrete base that is your deck. So I have some uh, pavers in there. I've got some brick in there. And Anyway, beautiful fire pit. Uh, part of it's my ingenuity and part of it's my father helping. Uh, he wanted to jump in, wanted to do something for my birthday is what he said, but. We laid it out, we took the saw and shaved down some blocks, we drilled some holes, and that was a that was an engineering process in and of itself, drilled some holes through some of the cinder block to put pipe through it, so that down in the bottom of the fire pit, the pipe will allow fresh air to hit the fire, and it'll burn better. Uh, and then we concreted the walls up as the cinder block was stacked, it's stacked offset like a brick pattern, right? concreted the walls up um we put some i think he, we chose to just take soil out of the garden because we didn't have sand and we put that down in the bottom of all the walls so that it's not attached per se to the concrete so there's concrete in the walls but it doesn't go all the way to the actual concrete pad it's divided by some compost really out of the, the garden bed next to it and then uh, we took Surewall, or Quick Wall is the Quick Creek product. Um, and what that is, is, is the white uh, masonry finish that you can put on top of a brick block otherwise. And it seals the moisture, it seals and protects the pores of the block, and it makes it not only sturdier, but uh, it'll give it longer life. And so, uh, beautiful project i mean and stuff like that goes on every single week i mean this that was two weeks ago this week i we chopped several 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 thousands of pound of uh, wood and we have it out drying to be ready for um well probably next fall but knowing me i'll swipe some of that wood and put it in the fire pit dad burns wood in his shop so that's always a nice you know you live in the woods, trees fall down, sometimes they get rough, you cut them down, but um, it's one of the benefits of being able to use and have owning and then being able to use power tools, as well as uh, just you save a few dollars and have a old school experience. Generate heat with a match and some wood, as opposed to paying, I have natural gas service, and, and I also have electricity, but... Uh, you know, it's it's just it's a throwback to the old days. It's actually cleaner um, in the ways of the world to do it that way uh, than it is to do it chemically or with uh, a manufacturing process. And I just, I think people miss the, I don't know, the simplicity. I think they really miss the mark on how simple most of those things can be in your life. But I, I've just found this balance that even trying to um, 
you know, get to know people or put myself out there for like a the dating scene or something like that. Um John? Bree, any idea why we are in a fridge? Well, I'm Bree. Yeah, I'm John. I know, but you're John who? John Ham. So we're Bree and Bree and Ham. Ham and Bree, I get it. And Hellman's. We're dinner. Well, with Hellman's, all these leftovers can be anything. Is that Pete Davidson? Uh-huh. He really is everywhere. I'm gonna eat you guys. You guys are really delicious. That's it's weird. Hellman's brings leftovers to life. It's just interesting to even talk to people and and be open-minded about making forging, you know, friendships or bonds or finding chemistry. Because it's like I've reached this. Um, it would it be would it would be a good metaphor. So a a person who is like when I've been writing stuff, I've, the last few things that I've written, I know, pretty pretty interesting. I've got a couple that I've written myself in a long email form that I need to go back and you know proofread, and they're most of the way done, right? But I feel good about that being resolved, and it's for me. It's not for everybody else. But I, I at some point, might put it out there because maybe somebody else will get something out of it. Just like I've been looking at different volunteer places. My father does this, where he goes and picks up food for the food bank, things of this nature. It's some beneficial way to your community to spend your time. And because I'm doing things like that with my downtime, it's real hard to pull me away and go, hey, hey. You should be doing this with wrestling. You should be watching Rangers hockey. They're in the playoffs, man. I did take some time and watch WrestleMania a couple weeks ago. So that, that was really nice, really good. Tiring. And you're old. You work these <laughs> long hours. And then try to stay up and watch WrestleMania and watch the press conference and then get up at 5 in the morning. And, oh, it's Number one, it's an emotional roller coaster. Two, I work an extremely physical job. I've got at least two fingers that help uh, bone bruises and <laughs> they're swollen up and discolored. Uh, the fingernail did not come off because I, because I took a piece of my extractor kit and popped a hole in my finger, finger in the back. Then I turned my finger over and popped a hole through the fingernail and got as much of the blood and nastiness out of it as I, as I could to keep it from swelling up and to keep my nail from falling off. But l- literally what I'm describing in a very, disoriented way maybe is you know at at some point people who have so many things so many opportunities in front of them choices to make you end up having to choose at least for me the things that are the most proficient the highest quality the thing that affects people the most what what's going to um be part of your your legacy or, or what people associate with you, right? And that kind of thing. So I've taken less of the um, chances that I used to take. And, and I don't, you know, I, I still pick around at work. We have rules. In my department, we got rules. No stress. You know, have something funny to say. If you're, if you're wound up about something, just say it to somebody. Now, the other day, one of my... <laughs> One of my guys, he was like, he didn't feel like doing anything. He used some different curse words. He was very unkind. I said, let me tell you something. 
I don't say this a lot, but I'm top dog around here. I am a supervisor. Not only are you not going to talk to anybody else like that, you're especially not going to talk to me like that. Because if you want to go home, you can just say, I don't want to be here, and I want to go home. But you're not going to come into my sanctuary here and then disturb the peace. It's just not going to happen. He goes, well, you can ignore me, and I'll ignore you. And I said, we're not getting anything done that way. So when I need something, I'll let you know. But here's what you need to be doing for the next little bit. He's like, all right. And he, he went on his way. And ever since, we, we, we've been fine ever since then. I don't know what's going on with him personally. He's a younger kid. But I just, you know, we, we didn't connect. And I think sometimes that I, I know I do, because I sometimes have done it intentionally, will rub people the wrong way. Uh, <laughs> fucking, one of my guys, he keeps saying that. Rubbing ain't racing. It's old, you know, the old school Rubbing, rubbing ain't racing. I said, well, then what I was doing to your wife last night wasn't racing either. And he said, oh, shit. Um, but we just, we can we can pick because nobody's serious about that stuff. We're just talking trash. Today I'm number one. Tomorrow you're number one. Maybe in five minutes somebody else is just number one, right? And they're just loose. They're like props. They're championships. We, we pass the hot potato, the the. You know, it's it's just a interesting world. If you can find a level of peace to the point where you trust the people around you and, and mistakes are, well, let's say they're accounted for. We know that we're going to screw up some amount, and here is the reasonable amount of fuck-ups we're prepared for. And that's true. It's true in a relationship or otherwise. And one of the thoughts that I had after listening to Jordan Peterson over the last week was, and I'm still thinking I'm going to do this in a meeting, is to say, you know, you should approach your job like a marriage. You should um, look at it like you can't leave. It needs to be a situation where you're too committed. You're unwilling to walk away. If you work with a bunch of people who are just there temporarily, they're they're looking at it like a, a position that is expendable. They are expendable, you know, that kind of thing. Then you can't really build trust. You can't have faith in that because these are people who are willing and looking forward to possibly leaving. So I don't know how other people can see it like me, but I do. And all I'm really looking for out of people is a level of, um, I guess, an equal investment. However much you can invest. I'm investing as much as I can. I hope you're investing as much as you can. It doesn't have to be an equal number. I just don't find a lot of that to be the way of the world anymore. I don't find that folks are ready to latch on to, well, especially not right away, but they don't look at, you know, even a full-time good-paying job as if it's a career and a place they're going to retire from. They look at, you know, the marketplace and they say, here's what this pays and here's what that pays. 
here are my options, is what I hear a lot, you know, here, oh yeah, these people are doing this, and this is a way out, it's a, a different avenue they can take, I don't look at it that way, I mean, I'm, I'm a principally oriented kind of guy, and it really boils down to, you know, I look at relationships the same way, if you are going to be with someone, you are invested to the point that you're not going to leave, that's the, at least the commitment that you um, are working up to, I'm not saying that, you know, the, the first date with somebody, you're, all right, we're in this together, forever <laughs> oh shit run now but I, you know I, I do look at you know so many different things in life that way and it doesn't mean that every choice I make is the last thing I'm going to do in that genre or that piece of my life like I continue to have evolved you know different bands and different things that I like and I'm I'm here in a new album I spent my downtime this week I sat right in front of this screen and I made some progress. I think I finished the uh, prerogatives I'm, I'm giving to my, to my department. That was a, a a piece that it needed to be kind of mastered before I put it out. But I had so I had a bunch of time this week outside of work. I despite working like fifty two hours and rain and fire pit and chopping wood with that, I'm awake a lot. I don't sleep four, five, six hours a night. And I sat right here and I listened to the new Manchester Orchestra album. I listened to the new Godsmack album. There was a Liam Gallagher album from last year I haven't finished. Found a new Passenger album live from San Francisco. That was really nice. He's always pleasant. I just, you know, there's so many different things that I've not gotten around to, you know, enjoying. And I'm, I'm going to get all of them. My hard drive has more. If you watch like eight hours a day, you'd have to live to be like 92 years old from now to see what's already saved on there. That didn't even account for any new shows that happen, or music, or you know anything else. Uh, I've got too much content that I would like to possibly enjoy, right? But I find that you know I'm, I work hard. We worked in the weather this week. It was hot and it was super cold and rainy. And you get home and it's like this isn't the chair I'm sitting in. Is I think it's like a seven or eight hundred dollar ergonomical chair. It was given to me, so I, I wouldn't have bought it. But uh, to have music, and these are all Tech Lansing speakers. They're not anything special. I think they they might run sixty bucks on Amazon. They have some that are nicer and they cost more. But you know, I'm just running this beautiful new music through some nice speakers in my office, having a cigar or something of that nature, and. You know, maybe there's some New Amsterdam pineapple rum here. and uh, I'm sorry, pineapple vodka here. There's coconut and pineapple rum downstairs. Captain Morgan. Uh, what else did I drink this week? Evan Williams, 1783 small batch. Had, I'd have a, some of that every now and then. And I don't know, I just find myself caught up in that and not doing much else. You're like I'm just focused on the music. I just want to experience like their art. And if you're listening to my podcast the same way and you're feeling some kind of way, you're like, oh, I relate to him. Or I like the I don't know, the vocals, the message, whatever piece of it or total package it might be. You know, I feel very privileged when people experience my total package. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> but no, I just, I like that I could be doing this and then something better quality comes along. That's what I'm looking for if I'm trying to forge a friendship or pursue anything anywhere else in my life. What is this 
you know, chemical, emotional, you know, physiological experience that I'm going to have with somebody else with a with a different adventure. You know, I very I would love to have a day. Uh, today would have been a good day because of the weather. Um, it needs to be a little warmer, so the breeze hits you. Um, just enough so that you're almost sweating, and then you get the breeze, and but you don't want to be too hot. You don't want it to be cold and get on a roller coaster. Is my point that I'm going round backwards about. Would love to go to Carowinds and enjoy that, or Bush Gardens is not terribly far away in Williamsburg, uh, Virginia. Historic Williamsburg is right there, and. Uh, if you want to make like a you know several day adventure out of it, it's not that far to drive up and you know, go enjoy the Smithsonian or you know some of our nation's capital. A lot of baseball and other things between here and there as well going on. So uh, theme parks, great. I'm sure there's great restaurants. I'm, I don't remember what the ranking is. I have however many. It's in the millions now. Uh, views and thumbs up and recommended or whatever the terminology is for Google reviews and Yelp. And I, I have some on TripAdvisor and, uh, you know, just different things that I do. I, I like to share. I'm, I'm in the car or something. Why not, you know, see what I can do to spread the love and give these businesses some uh, attention. Puts more money in their pocket. That way they'll be there if I want to go back. That way they know that I appreciate them. Not just with my dollars. But with my time. And I do a lot of thinking about a lot of different things. I've run into these news stories about the gun violence and, and whatever else. And it's I don't know how one is ever going to be that much bigger than the other. you know, And I don't want to brainstorm about what that catastrophic or or more catastrophic scenario would be but i just um i stepped back and i said this you own i don't know people who <laughs> all these stupid stupid priced cars and you know other material things like what the fuck is the point in owning, especially the older I get, it's like, what, what's the point in owning a, a sniper rifle or a, an automatic weapon? Or just the irresponsibility of, of like, at, at large, people to not have fundamental intelligence about. What makes the world go around? You um, you run up against folks who they don't acknowledge one another. You know, it's easy to easier for somebody to um, attack someone that uh, doesn't have a name or a face or any familiarity. And it's much easier to go after, um, you know, like people do politically. Oh, they, you know, this group hates all of that group or otherwise or whatever. And as soon as you see 
They're like, you know, you hate the Dallas Cowboys or something. I don't know. As soon as you see their colors, their true colors, you got a lot to say. You got a lot of things that you associate with their visual cues, with all their talking points, with all their mantras and things that you just seem to be this pseudo, maybe even real, maybe you're really an expert on them. And you run into these folks who have different levels of the statement that they need to make, so that's, or at least the, the, the level of the loud, obnoxious baby crying in the grocery aisle way is all it is. There's a, a different array of choices you can make as an adult to throw a tantrum and some people are going to do it online and some people are going to do it with words that are very taboo and other folks are going to do it with firearms and physical acts they beat on people they abuse people they run people down they open up all kinds of possibilities when we have all this freedom do all kinds of craziness I mean, that's just what it is. I mean, there's people before, before they regulated ammonium nitrate and all these different bomb-making materials that happened uh, to be in the hands of some, you know, motivated people in the 90s and throughout. Before they started to regulate them, it got real ugly. And um, there's a lot of folks who look at it and they say, well... You're never going to get all the guns back, and you're never going to be able to regulate this and that and the other, which is true, more or less, for all the narcotics. But it doesn't mean they ever decided that they're just going to start selling heroin and lift all the legislation that they have that criminalizes it. Of course, most of the stuff that's happening with these kids and people and firearms is all criminal. It doesn't stop them from doing whatever they're doing because... We've reached a point with how we treat each other and the lack of education that folks end up uh, not caring about consequences. They end up with these very wicked situations where you know they almost look for the uh, documentary to be made about them, or you know they're in pain. They want to be mowed down by, you know, suicide by police or, you know, plan to kill themselves or whatever at the end. And it's a shame uh, that we have not, as a society, as a community, we have not acknowledged and, you know, included people to the extent that they realize the social consequences of, of what happens with each one of those things. You could look at it and say, well, they do. They understand the consequences. That's why they do it. They want us to learn a lesson. Well, if they are trying to teach us a lesson, I'm really curious what it is. Because I have always looked at it and said, if you just acknowledge everybody, it's real hard. Once you've put a name and a face on people, they don't steal from you as much. Hey, how are you doing? What are you doing today? I mean, there's some people who are still going to you know, run out there like, you know, beggars who need to get their hands on 
something to stay alive. And they're going to steal, you know, from the food stand or whatever. I get that. That has a lot to do with acknowledgement and accountability as well. It's where we let people fall through the cracks. I mean, it boils, what all of this boils down to. You can fight about mental health and access to guns and all this horse shit, but you can have all the guns and the fastest cars in the world. You don't see people wrecking Ferraris every day. Do you? Hmm. It's strange, right? You have access to this gigantic equipment. You don't see the guys at the construction site. When's when's the last time you saw some guy go ape shit on a construction site and he just drove the bulldozer through the corner of the building and brought down the whole project that they were doing? You don't find that. Why? I, you would have to look at the mindset of the people involved in the situations. School shootings. Uneducated people. Not... The proof is right there in the act itself. You were educated. You wouldn't do something so wild. And Charles Whitman, who shot people from the University of Texas, you know, he wrote in his, not defense, but in his final, you know, works, which was he killed his mom and then he went up to the clock tower and he was shooting people at the university. But he left a note and said that he wanted them to examine his brain. He thought there was something wrong with him. There's a lot of people around the world who've tried to go to rehabilitation, support groups. There's folks who have certain urges and they've used chemical solutions or chemical castration, things of that nature. There's, you know, uh, is it called an abuse? But there's, there's all kinds of, you know, pharmaceutical uh, options. For people who have a dependency on substances, to try to get them off substances or make them react poorly to choosing to use those substances, and you know, when once they have that information, they have that support group. You know, it changes their life. Well, if we all supported each other up front, we wouldn't get into these goddamn situations. And that's all it boils down to. How many of your neighbors do you know? You know, everybody that lives around you. And then how big is that? I've talked about this before in previous episodes. How big is that bubble? You know the people three houses down, but do you know the people a quarter of a mile down or otherwise? And I'm not saying you have to be an encyclopedia of your local town, village, municipality, whatever. What I am saying is you acknowledge other folks, and then you have familiar people, and then those people are friends of friends of friends. But they can't be that many degrees away. If you're engaging with everybody, if you just open the door, say hello, how you doing, excuse me, thank you, <clears throat> all the simple things. Everything I do at restaurants that I did with coworkers, I do when I'm passing people in any retail establishment, grocery store, otherwise. Hey, how you doing? You know, excuse me, thank you. Even just walking by them in the aisle, whatever it might be. I acknowledge them. And it's it's simple to do. Like It takes a second. They're aware of where I am. I'm aware of where they are. I give all these hand signals all the time. I mean, part of that's just my style, but it helps me 
And I don't know that it's one of the reasons they don't choose me to be a leader and have faith in me in my workplace. You know, I, I see someone heading my direction. We're both in a space where somebody's going to have to pass somebody or stop, and I will take my hands, form almost like a prayer, you know, the, the fingertips together and the, the bottom of your hands together, almost like the, you know, the prayer. Hand gesture, and then I'll take and go, you know, and, and twist it to the left or to the right and signal where I'm going to go. It's not difficult. Um, <laughs> it's just not. So, I found it to be extremely helpful. <laughs> you don't have to wonder what Michael's doing or where he's going. I'm, I'm going to tell you. When I'd like to be acknowledged for something or promoted at work, whatever. Hey, what do you think about this? Hey, what if? You know, I surprise people all the time with things. Hopefully pleasant things and stories and punchlines. But I, you know, I, I find that these places with unrest, being the word for shootings and whatever else, it's almost like communities that lost their sense of humor. I'm not saying that you should put up with people abusing you or whatever, but there are people who choose to act outrageous. They know they're choosing to act outrageous. And instead of calling people out on their nonsense, we have adopted this culture of identifying or recognizing or you know letting people make this proclamation of truly outrageous behaviors. Everything's not equal. I mean, it's just not. At what point can people who answer to one another professionally, the hierarchy, at what point can the people who are at the bottom say they're equal to the people at the top in terms of decision-making, discipline, everything? When's that going to happen? You're in school. You're in these other places where they're trying to bring everybody down to the same level and have, you know, 10-point grading scales and all this other nonsense that's going to give people more of a purpose uh, to their, I, I guess you would say, fantasies. Because I look at it and I go, you know, here's somebody who, you know, pretends that they're of a different uh, demographic, a different species, <laughs> they think they're a dog, whatever it is. It's just these weird, weird attempts to have an alternate reality. And we all know you are not what you claim to be. I'm not a doctor. I don't have the qualifications. I'm not a bear. I don't have the biology. There's no lying about that. Any other way of trying to legitimize that is dishonest. There's no amount of feelings or emotions or exceptions that make it honest. But because we have our jury system and, and this, I don't know, this willingness to let people slide, we don't discipline kids anymore and so forth and so on, 
it's very much that, you know, oh, watch this. I can watch. I can do this and get away with it. I'll put in front of a jury. The jury will acquit me. They'll find me not guilty. I'll spend enough money on a lawyer. There'll be enough press and documentaries and news stories about me. I'm going to get away with it. And then you become part of the infamous, right? And that's what people do. They dress up in all these colors and costumes and all this trickery. This chicanery, as people call it, shenanigans. They're charlatans. They're actors in a costume. Playing a part. What if you believe you really are the character? Character doesn't exist. You do. Method acting is... In the word, it's acting. And I, you know, I've described this so many times on this podcast. I'm, you know, just disheartened by people who can't accept reality. Hard work, compromise, you know, being able to chase after uh, dreams and being able to put your energy into productive places will get you results. People who work hard get ahead. People who you know realize what uh, has value tend to uh, accumulate and then have an exchange of the things that they understand to be of value. It's not complicated. You know that if you work hard, they'll pay you more money. Yeah. So you work hard? Yeah. More hours means more money. Oh, is that why you have two jobs? Absolutely. Oh, well, that makes sense. Why don't you just put in two applications at the Social Security Department so you can get twice as much EBT and food stamps and welfare? Uh, Well, they don't do that. That's right, because it's supposed to be is designed to be a supplement between periods of employment. That's what it's designed to be. Disability is a completely different thing. So is child support and alimony and all that other stuff. But what I have found is is just this ugly piece of the world is that you have folks who they choose these very obscure, un, almost unlikable things on purpose. And then they lash out at people for not attaching themselves to these unlikable qualities. Now, ain't that some bullshit? I'm going to say these things to roast you or rile you up or make myself less compatible with you. And then I get to tell you what a bad person you are or punish you for not liking me despite my trying to put distance for not put it, for um, introducing barriers of entry between us. I'm poking you on the chest. Why aren't you hugging me? Well, because you're poking me on the chest. I don't want to hug somebody who's acting like a f- fucking idiot. But isn't this what's going to make you love me? No, it's not. I don't, I don't, what? Do you understand what the fuck cause and effect is? It's a very simple thing. If someone is driving you crazy in a relationship and you say to them, I need this and I need that, number one, it needs to be reasonable. I'll give you a good example. 
or what a good experience because I stopped using the word example and yet it still slips out. Give me an experience I had. I said to another person that was having some budget troubles. You know, we could live together. And um, I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's what my bills are every month. $1,600, whatever it was. I said, okay. Well, the bills here don't matter. What I'm going to ask you for is you pay the difference, the difference, the increase in utilities. And then food. As in, you pay for however much food you eat and whatever it costs on the, the electric bill, the gas bill, anything that goes up. Pretty good deal, right? So you don't pay fundamental rent, mortgage, insurance, nothing. You save all that money. You were paying, now we said $1,600. I'm pretty sure that's the right number. And now you will pay eh, 300 bucks. Pretty good deal, right? So sixteen hundred minus three hundred bucks means you keep thirteen hundred dollars. That's a lot. Over the course of a year, that's fifteen thousand six hundred dollars. So I just gave you fifteen thousand dollars. Pretty good gift, right? She said back to me. What about my health insurance? I feel like a man should pay for health insurance. I said, well, I'll tell you what. Then we'll, you pay half the rent and I'll pay the health insurance. And she kind of looked at me like, well, oh, how much is the rent? Like, it, like this now became a negotiation. Well, let me tell you something. Um, half the rent was more than her health insurance. She was willing to pay that. But not the fundamental bill labeled specifically to be health insurance. She would pay more to pay half the rent based on the misunderstanding. At least I looked at it that way. It was naivety. It was, you know, you're willing to pay me more in rent than you would pay for health insurance as long as I pay the health insurance. Now, you won't pay certain bills just because of the name of the bill, even though it's less than what I'm asking you to pay for something else. Hey, this hat costs $200. Well, I'm not buying you that hat for $200. All right, well, I like this shirt, but it costs $400. No, I'll get you the shirt. What? Why are you willing to pay more for something that just has a different label on it? It's all part of the budget, dummy. It all goes into a big pie chart. There's this much money that it costs for this much stuff during the month. I'm willing to pay 60%. And you go, yeah, but what are those 60% comprised of? And I go, this, 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 and this. And you go, oh. Okay, well, I don't want to pay those things. Okay, okay. well, now I'll be paying 40%, and you'll be paying 60%. Okay. Wait, what? Like, if, you, if the goal was to save you the most money and to, to relieve you of as much burden as possible, why in the fucking hell would you try to make decisions like this? Like, it doesn't even make any fucking sense at all. You're not willing to pay this many hundred dollars, but you're more 
apt to pay? You're, you're volunteering more money for something else? Oh, God. If one thing's not in your budget, how in the world is the more expensive thing now part of your budget? And it was, it was that, oh, well, I feel like a man should, and I said, listen, we are going to fundamentally disagree here. If my mother hears this, she'll, I hope she'll laugh at this, but she has always told us the lesson that my grandfather, my maternal grandfather, told my mother, which was he told all three of his daughters that they were everything they needed to be. They didn't have to depend on a man. They could do this, 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 and this. Each one of them is extremely successful, uh, did not come from a prosperous background, but they worked really hard. They made decisions to sacrifice certain things. They put a lot, a lot of hard hours into working, building relationships, and now they bear the fruit of those things after, you know, all these different kids who've chosen different paths to take and a lot of pitfalls that some of us have fallen into. But we've come out good on the other side because of hard work, because we aspire to have independence. That's what it boils down to. To be self-sustaining, reliable, self-reliance, right? Independence. I've never forgotten that line. Indiana Jones 3. It's Indiana Jones in The Last Crusade, 1993. And, and Sean Connery, who plays the dad, says to him, I never told you, brush your teeth, wash your face, because I taught you self-reliance. I have never forgotten that. I thought about that a lot. I was 11 years old when I heard that. And I've carried that with me. And I come home, and I, I'm nasty from working, and I throw my clothes into the directly into the washing machine and, and lay out stuff for the next day. And then I go take a shower and I put new stuff in, in my hair and scrub my face sometimes with a sugar scrub or a charcoal mask or some lotion because i got to rejuvenate everything. I, I put my body through a lot. Your skin's your biggest organ on your body, right? For some of us. And ain't that right, Anthony? Um, and, and I've abused my skin, quite frankly, by beating it up and, and smashing fingers. And I've got to toe that's pretty ugly i've got mm, i'm looking down at my bare feet now one two there were three so i guess it, the one has grown out but there was there was a bunch of different blood spots underneath different toes on my feet because it, as they say in top gun when you when you work with such and such long enough bad things happen well i try to have too much fun or lift too much weight or do things too fast. and I was trying to describe that to somebody. I said, yeah, I was trying to untangle something. I was messing with some heavy material. They were kind of tangled up. And so I moved them in a way that would untangle them. And that's when they went, bam! And smashed the shit out of my finger. <laughs> and uh, it was cold and it was wet. I still had a lot of stuff to work with that night. Made it through, and you talk about throbbing. Talk about throbbing. My finger was hurting for days. It hurt now, but I, you know I poked several holes in it, and I put it in a 
bowl full of ice and peroxide, which apparently is not good, and several other treatments that I thought would, would do something for it. Nope. It's just got to have time to heal. And we put our bodies and, and everything else through so much and then don't rejuvenate ourselves. But I have found at least a way to try to be relative about all that stuff. And here I am with this girl, and I'm trying to relieve her situation and say, look, I will take on the... You're moving into a place where I'm already paying on the rent and everything else. Just pay the difference. What about my health insurance? I just gave you $1,200 a month. I have freed that money up for you. The team effort is going to allow you to do what you want with $1,200, buy some health insurance. No. Okay, well... Now what do you want me to say? Now you've become what I consider to be unreasonable because now you're not the way I was raised and my family is set up where you can be dependent. Now you're trying to be anti-self-reliance. You're trying to be someone who is not sustainable because you're setting yourself up for someone else is taking care of all these things. And then if it ever you know, turns out that I get hit by a bus, you ain't going to be able to make all your bills. That's just completely ridiculous. And I think about it in terms of a you know, just number one, what's reasonable to me, but two, I have tried to put this underneath of a litmus test or a focus group or otherwise, and I've asked this question to many, many people. I've never met anyone who was like, "Yeah, that's right. You should, you should have taken care of that for her." Should I? As a person who's making reportedly as much money as I am, why am I in any different situation than that person is? Because their bills are a lot higher. They chose to have bills that are a lot higher. I have, I've, I've had that conversation too many times. You know, you want to have more money? Cut your expenses. Find ways to cohabit, live together, rent out a room, get an extra job. You know, just stop your bad habits, cut off your streaming, whatever it is, until you can increase your income and then maybe take on some more of that stuff. You don't have to have everything in your mid-20s. That's just ridiculous. But but these other people I know who are 40 and who have, you know, two incomes and a better job and security and benefits and so forth, they have different circumstances? Is that what you're saying? Why would you think that you'd have the same outcome with different circumstances? You're running two completely different experiments. It's like telling me that you have a meal that's microwavable and it's right out of the freezer section and I go yeah I got a sandwich wrapped in aluminum foil let's put it in the microwave no that's gonna spell disaster why can't I put my food in the microwave they put their food in the microwave because you don't understand the fucking consequences of the circumstances do you it ain't that hard to sit down and go everybody has a different set of prerogatives for the future different bills, different levels of what they consider to be reasonable arrangements for their relationship. And what hurts me more than anything in society at large, too, and tying back into the gun issue, is that you run up against people who believe that no matter how unreasonable they are, they should be accommodated. And that's not how the world works. I promise you it's not how it works if you watch the Discovery Channel or you've ever observed nature and it's rawest form where you you know see the bear eat the trout and the lion eat the hyena etc etc and ain't how it works
we've manufactured this ability for people to live in a very fantastical diversity of realities. And part of those people take extreme advantage of the situation or they have not run into unlucky enough circumstances to feel the power of ignorance. And I mean their ignorance against the power of what it really means to have to maintain your own way of life. And it sucks when that, at least for them and for a lot of us, when that sets in because many of those people don't know how to deal with it. And that's when they become that two-year-old in the grocery store and they start yelling loud or they start mistreating people to serve a staff or find a firearm and they need to talk to somebody at high volume or high velocity. It's always been education. You got a fucking thing to do with guns. I'm not saying you should let everybody buy a tank and just educate everybody because that seems pretty reckless. But... Seems quite wasteful. Depending, you know, if you if you like that it's already seventy degrees in January, then maybe you need to buy a tank. Uh, that's one of those things that has everything to do with my broader discussion about consumption. We do. We consume way too fucking much. I would say that I try to minimize my participation in that, but I'm. I fail at it a lot. So the excess that I have partaken in is uh, that I've... I I didn't decorate my home for the first 15 months or so. I haven't really decorated my home. You know, I got given some different artwork that has to do with with family lineage and uh, some different things out of some different homes. I, I own a few things that, you know, I chose, but a lot of things that I have are gifts that you, know, you acquire over the last, I turned 41 soon, right? Coke with coffee. We blended Coke with rich coffee for one very good reason. Your afternoon pick-me-up routine needed it. Simple as that. Coke with coffee. So, wrestling belts have intrigued me because I'm just like, when we were younger, it was harder to get them wrestling belts. They started selling them in like 1999. They sold them for like 125 bucks or something of that nature. And then they only sold a limited amount. They were not the highest quality. But, you know, that's what the, that's what you could get back then. We were like, oh, man, if you got one, and we'd go wrestle in the pool and on the trampoline and put mattresses down on the concrete. What a dream it was. Like having a... Michael Jordan jersey and going out and playing pickup basketball. Kids do this every day to a pair or own a lot of pairs of Air Jordans. I promise you, they're paying more for those Air Jordans than I'm paying for these wrestling belts. At least most of them. I own some nicer ones that, you know, several hundred dollars a piece. But I've found a way to get some uh, for cheaper and I think the last several that I bought were 90 to 110 bucks or something each so you know somebody will be like oh god you got, you got how many belts you got I didn't put that much money into them less than you know a lot of people are spending on their shoe collection or if you own a lot of speakers um, 
A lot of your technology is far more. Every time you, anybody who ever says that to me who owns an iPhone, I just laugh at them. You got more money in that iPhone than I got in belts. Well, that's not really true. It's true in modern times. Now, before the end of the year last year, I kind of splurged and said, here's here's these things that I want to have. And I put them on a payment plan because that's available through eBay and uh, it's not a firm. It's is it Karma? I think Karma is the company they use, and uh, you can pay you know every two weeks and, and split it up that kind of thing. But yeah, I've so I've done that. Got these got these wrestling belts. I you know I've thought about that too. I said you know at some point in time maybe I'll give some of them away to people who are, are friends of mine or fans or. You know, somebody who does really something really great that I work with who would appreciate it or otherwise, you know. Uh, but it's not without some possible future direction, you know. I don't just like acquiring things to have them sit on a shelf. It's a lot of times when I have something, um, it's because. Uh, it, this alcohol on my desk. I'm going to consume it. It's a book that I'm going to read. I'm going to give it to Goodwill or I'm going to give it away. Um, the belts, eh, they're around the house. They're on some different ledges and decorative places that are in this home that I bought. But, yeah, eventually they'll find their way probably back out of my life. That's happened with everything else that I've done. If I, I own At one point, I've placed several different bids for leather jackets on eBay and it accumulated... More than anybody ever had any business owning. I didn't have a lot of money involved in them, so I gave them away. I, everybody I knew, you wear a large, extra large, I got one. And some people took one, and then I gave the other ones to uh, to Goodwill, I think. Maybe I gave some to the Give a Kid a Coat or the Drive, you know, for, for winter clothing. But um, that's been a long time. Gave all my DVDs away to somebody I worked with years ago. I don't know how much money was in those boxes. It was like eight and nine boxes of... 40 each or something, maybe. Easily. Easily. Because somewhere I've got some pictures and a list of that stuff from the old days. But I just... I don't know. It's... it's uh, One man's trash is another man's treasure kind of thing. I don't know. I, I, I try not to just... For the sake of things... Um, do anything that's excessive and then also wasteful. At least, you know, most of what I hope to participate in, whether it's building a team at work, whether it's collecting food for a nonprofit organization, whether it's because I'm building furniture for somebody in the family or doing some fix-it project or splitting wood for my dad, then he's going to burn the wood. He's going to get the heat out of it, right? And that goes right back into the ecology of the planet. Hopefully, things that I participate in are one piece of a larger uh, moving puzzle and I am uh, for lack of a better word uh, a transient a messenger a middleman where okay I'm, you know now I'm not going to stretch that argument too far hey look at that pineapple vodka over there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's right I'm the middleman I'm gonna drink a little bit and then I'm gonna pee it right back into the toilet and it's going right through the waste management system be your drinking water next week you're welcome you're welcome that's somewhat true, but you understand. Uh, <laughs> at least I hope you do. So, uh, 
I just, I look at the fundamental idea that you spend less than you make, that you don't live beyond your means. And don't get me wrong, because you work more, you could, you know, get a promotion, you could upgrade your position. But I also like the idea that I've, you know, kind of upgraded to, aspired to, that I've adapted, adopted, that you're more or less married to your commitments. And if you're committing to work somewhere and you're, you know, then be married to them. Like, get a promotion and love it to death. Love what you do. You go, oh, we're just going through the motions. Listen, a lot of what you do in a relationship is going through the motions to maintain the relationship. It's not always pleasant. It's not, there is no, this, this fucking utopia that people think they have where it's like you show up for Bible class and you're just going to, you know, read each other uh, love poems and romantic things and essentially like, you know, person to person scripture and worship each other and all that kind of stuff with never any obstacles. It's just ridiculous. Part of the reason that you have a partner is to have a support system and be able to sort of lighten their load when the time comes around. Or for you to be able to tell them, hey, I, I, I need a little help here. No, nothing wrong with asking for help. It's one of the issues that prohibits people uh, from a lack of, of criminal activity. They choose the the outrageous thing, the two-year-old in the grocery store. I'm, I'm going to go shit at my school, you watch. Why? Why? Talk to somebody. Work out your problems. Be part of something bigger than you. Try to tear everything down all the goddamn time. Participate in building something larger than yourself. Stop being selfish. You know, I've, I've always enjoyed that scene from Goodwill Hunting where he's, he's talking about you have to love something more than you love yourself. Come with me. So what's this? The taste is choice moment between guys? This is really nice. You got a thing for swans? Is this like a fetish? It's something like maybe we need to devote some time to? I thought about what you said to me the other day about my painting. Huh. Stood up half the night thinking about it. Something occurred to me. I fell into a deep, peaceful sleep and haven't thought about you since. You know what occurred to me? No. You're just a kid. You don't have the faintest idea what you're talking about. Why, thank you. It's all right. You've never been out of Boston. Nope. So if I asked you about art, you'd probably give me the skinny on every art book ever written. Michelangelo. I know a lot about him. Life's work, political aspirations, him and the Pope, sexual orientation, the whole works, right? I bet you can't tell me what it smells like in the Sistine Chapel. You've never actually stood there and looked up at that beautiful ceiling. Seen that. If I ask you about women, Probably give me a syllabus of your personal favorites. You may have even been laid a few times. 
you can't tell me what it feels like to wake up next to a woman and feel truly happy. You're a tough kid. When I ask you about war, you probably uh, throw Shakespeare at me, right? Once more into the breach, dear friends. But you've never been near one. You've never held your best friend's head in your lap and watch him gasp his last breath looking to you for help. When I ask you about love, you probably quote me a sonnet. But you've never looked at a woman and been totally vulnerable. Known someone that could level you with her eyes. Feeling like God put an angel on earth just for you. Who could rescue you from the depths of hell. And you wouldn't know what it's like to be her angel. To have that love for her be there forever. Through anything. Through cancer. And you wouldn't know about sleeping, sitting up in a hospital room for two months, holding her hand, because the doctors could see in your eyes that the terms visiting hours don't apply to you. You don't know about real loss, because that only occurs when you love something more than you love yourself. I doubt you've ever dared to love anybody that much. I look at you, I don't see an intelligent, confident man. I see a cocky, scared, shitless kid. But you're a genius, Will. No one denies that. No one could possibly understand the depths of you. But you presume to know everything about me because you saw a painting of mine. You ripped my fucking life apart. You're an orphan, right? Do you think I'd know the first thing about how hard your life has been? How you feel? Who you are? Because I read Oliver Twist. Does that encapsulate you? Personally, I don't give a shit about all that because you know what? I can't learn anything from you. I can't read in some fucking book. Unless you want to talk about you, who you are. And I'm fascinated. I'm in. But you don't want to do that, do you, sport? You're terrified of what you might say. You move, Chief. Robin Williams, it was, it was brilliant. Just, you know, and I guess they won a bunch of different Academy Awards for that movie, but I just, I don't like the idea that people can be so... I don't like the, the, the toxic and things of that nature, but I mean, it is what it is. You're polluting the environment around you. Whether it's the energy in the air, whether it's the soil below you, whether it's just destroying what's been built. You're taking things, you know, that were already done and reversing progress. And I I think that's fundamentally the problem that I have run into with trying to add anyone into my life or, or pursue anything different. Is that I have such a good little block of serenity and 
There's always good music waiting. It seems that Noel Gallagher and Liam Gallagher are teasing. They are teasing, baby. That they are, you know, just like this far away from reuniting and there being, you know, a new era for Oasis. It's probably already done behind the scenes, but it's, I'm just beyond happy about that. They're going to they're gonna play that music for a whole new generation. It's fucking cool. Noel Gallagher has a new album coming out June the 2nd. I've already, you know, several of his singles have been released. So that's, each one of them has been very good. Uh, I just, I'm happy with the quality of the different things that I have surrounded myself with. And it's not like the finer things in life. It's because I've, you know, acquired things that uh, have metastasized themselves to my personality and, and me to them. That we've we forged this kinship, this bond that these are things that make me feel very good. They're very healthy for me. They lighten my stress load. I don't have to sleep as much. I don't have to worry as much. I'm not, I just don't. Like, it, it's great quality of life. Um, everybody ain't for everybody. There's not. Doesn't mean that you have to go after people and try to, you know, cause them harm or, hey, I'm being harassed and just fucking walk away. Don't be a bitch. That's number two rule of the podcast. You know, the old rules that Michael L. Craver presents. Rule number one, step one in any process. The first step in any process is for somebody to give a fuck. I always said rule number two is don't be a bitch. And rule three, stop being a motherfucker. And yes, it's 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 got everything to do with not causing catastrophe. And part of the you know, you might say, well, rule number two and rule number three are the same. No, three is being a hassle. Two is stepping up and producing. Those are two very different things. One is proactive, and one is anti-regression. Uh, and I just. I find it hard to find people who are of a very sound backbone. They're really happy with most of the choices in life. Um, one, I'll share this because he won't hear it and he don't care. Um, one of my friends, he, he, he says he wants to get married, but he's currently, or he was currently seeing someone that he was not going to get married to. He said, she's, she's my friend. And I said, yeah, but you're, you're doing all these relationship things with her. And he's like, we can be friends. It's a new millennium. It's not the 1980s. And I was like, well, it's one way of looking at it. <laughs> Shortly thereafter, uh, she wanted to, she had moved in. She wanted to move out and she wanted to go do something else because he wasn't serious and he wasn't taking their you know, their prime time they were spending together and pushing to the next, you know, more uh, invested and more uh, concrete step of establishing their monogamy. He wasn't interested in that. She was. And I, I don't know that he ever told her that in the beginning, and if he did, I guess she thought she was going to change his mind. So somebody bluffed, and that's how it works. 
And I thought to myself when he told me what his plan was, it was there was no way it was going to succeed. It's not how people are built. They don't want to be treated as expendable. It's part of the reason that work environments don't happen to uh, come together as tightly as they could because we treat each other as if, you know, oh, you know, have to get somebody else in here. Why? Why don't you develop that guy? Well, because, because why? Are we stuck with him? You know, you telling me you hired, you, you poorly hired someone who, yeah. I mean, you, you can, you don't want to have that kind of argument with a guy like me because I'm going to approach it from all sides and then I'm going to say, well, you're, you're the guy who hired him. We put together the interview. We gave him the opportunity. We're stuck with him. Yeah, but we don't have to be stuck with him. Well, I don't know. Who's the bad guy? The guy who didn't perform or the people who hired him not knowing whether he could perform? Or, you know, we we got it wrong, so why should he have to suffer? Think about that. It's very difficult to completely absolve, you know, yourself or to, to attach blame or, you know, destruction to one side of things. Yeah, that guy, oh, that old Kyle Rittenhouse, he, uh, he what? These people taught him that, these people were acting that way, and they couldn't make peace with each other, and he shot them. But is it, is it their fault they couldn't make peace? Is it, is it his fault? He didn't know how to talk them down. Hmm. Well, I mean, in those kind of situations, how do you get in that situation? It's property. It's insured. And if it ain't insured, it should have been. Why the fuck was he even there? You don't want to have a discussion like that in certain circumstances. I feel like I'm one of those circumstances. Not from an egotistical perspective, but I try to lay each detail out that one's going to eat the other, et cetera, et cetera. And you might be able to come out ahead of this. It's an unfortunate set of circumstances, but there is no completely right or wrong whatever out of it. And that's why the kid gets off in front of a jury. Well, those people got shot. He didn't need to be there. He was protecting property. Is property more important than human life? Well, I mean, but is it? And if that's true, how come guys who break into your house and break their leg can sue you because they happened on your property? Uh, that's a that's a lack of consistency. That's what it is. And it really is what I'm talking about in general. We have a lack of accountability and consistency. If we all approach things with a general framework of, you know, what needs to be done, what must be done to take care of each other and the community around us, we don't have these obscure discussions that are, it, it's a way to bullshit each other. It's all it is. It's a way to get out of work and get things wrong and justify mistakes. There are mistakes. That's why they're called that. Well, you know, the only reason you got it right. No, if it's right, it's right, dummy. You could say the only reason it worked out. But when you start using these pejorative terms that, you know, right and wrong and mistake and success, if it's a success, it's not an accident. Hmm. This is where you meant to get? Yeah. I mean, how the fuck could it be an accident? 
Right. Don't be stupid. It really boils down to the framework of language. And that's where one of the fundamental things that just divides everybody is I value this and you value that. I have a word and I go by the definition that was given to me and it's, you know, referenceable under Merriam-Webster or the Oxford Dictionary or, you know, any other number of places that you're going to reference things. Now, you can go with slang, but that's just a manipulation of things. It's like saying that, you know, frozen ice cream is yogurt, et cetera, et cetera. They have different chemical qualities. Yogurt ain't frozen. That's right, it's frozen water. Frozen water. That's ice, bitch. It's <laughs> frozen water. It's ice. If water is frozen, it is ice. It changes states and it changes words. That's right, it's his afterlife. No, he doesn't have a life anymore, dummy. He's dead. <laughs> I don't know why people are trying to overextend things. That's what I'm talking about with consumption, living beyond your means, lack of sustainability. That word will not sustain the qualifications of the word. That's right. We got this wine made from ketchup. Ketchup? Ketchup's made from tomatoes. Yeah, so wine is fermented grapes, dummy. Are there any grapes in there? No. Oh. What's in that carton over there? Did it come from a mammary gland? No. Salmon milk. It's not milk, is it? We've accepted. <laughs> and that's where it becomes funky. Because we have given folks who have disabilities or handicaps or otherwise designations, placards, special legislations and privileges, or as they have come to be known at work, people have an accommodation because they are different. We don't accept them as the same. They're different. That's why they have an accommodation. That's why they have a special parking place. No, no, they're the same as everybody else. Okay, well, then take down all the handicap placards. Take down all the wheelchair ramps. But then they ain't the same. I don't hear that stupid nonsense. They were the same. They'd be competing in the three-legged race with us. If I was the same as them, I would sit down. I'd roll around in a chair. Stephen Hawking, amazing man, right? Lots of thoughts. You know, intellectual as could possibly be. People like John Nash, who have, you know, a difference of mind. The subject of the movie, A Beautiful Mind. Um, just a magician with mathematics. A lot of people who have these things that make them outside of the average, whatever that might be, if it's being judged on IQ, if it's physical ability, or whatever it is. Those are folks who often have these because they stray from, you know, whatever that statistical normal range of motion or range of intelligence or otherwise, they often have things that are off the beaten path in terms of talent. And I'm not saying that's a trade-off. I, I just think that it's quite interesting. There's something wrong with him. I don't, no, there's not. Look what he can do that you can't do.
Now, sheep exist in the wild, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they can't answer a phone. They don't have any hooves that uh, have a thumb on them, so they can't pick the phone up. Does that make them dumber than you? Well, yeah, they're, yeah they're, biologically, they're much dumber. Their brain's the same. But if you said, can they exist on their own? Yeah. Do they need you to shave them? No, they're sheep. Mountain goats are going to go up the mountain. They don't give a fuck if they ever see a human being. Why? They don't need us. Yet we've adopted a society where we need these other things. You know, people want a lambskin rug, and we're going to hunt down a tiger, and they want to have an exotic animal, and they want to be Joe Zotic. But when you have folks who are just a little... Let's say... That these are folks who... They look at the world in a different lens, through a different filter, and, and they experience life with, with different flavors than you and I. Right? So I think of different folks in my family who have tremors or cancers or neurological issues. Some of them have had cardiac issues. Um, some that have some, some other um, behavioral and other issues. They're still part of a family that provides a support system. And that's under the same framework as me saying, hey, here is a, a person I would like to pursue a relationship and date, and I'm going to create this level of security for you. So here's, here's this dollar amount, and you're going to do what you want with that dollar amount because I've given you some breathing room. Well, when you protect people and you look out for people, even if they're different, give them some breathing room. Whether it's they they might need an after-school tutor, they might need an accommodation, whatever those things are. Though different as they may be, they're still part of the family. They're still part of your community. And these are people who contributed a tremendous amount to the support system, the humility, and the way of life that we've all come to know. Because the world is full of these differences in athletic levels or intellectual levels or otherwise. I mean, how many different things do we see in nature? And you go, oh, that one is not like the rest. Okay. Same species? Yeah. Intriguing, isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of cool. People like being kind of cool. They might even like being kind of different. To be psychologically progressive, they, they don't like not being included. And that's different. So, forcing everybody to participate is quite different than acknowledging everybody and making sure they're not left behind. You know, that Marine motto, you know, no man left behind. And it's one of those things where I look around and I go, here is this situation. I am very different than you. I can sustain this. You can't sustain that. Let's work together. I'm going to create you some breathing room. Now, if you have humility and all this other kind of stuff and you're very unselfish about it and you look at it reasonably, what I consider to be reasonably, you step back and you go, wow, this is, a, this is an amazing opportunity. Somebody's going to allow me to, yeah, it's kind of like when somebody sponsors you as an artist. They're going to give you a place to develop all your work and pay all your bills, and it's investment in you. 
But if you then start making demands against an investment, they've already done you favors. Now you're asking for more favors? What is wrong with you? Oh, there's nothing wrong with asking for too many favors. Reasonable people. That's all I'm asking. You're already not sustainable. You don't have any room to ask for favors. Free speech allows you to say stupid things. Free speech does not legitimize that they're not stupid anymore or legitimize the the idea in a way that it takes away the stupidity of said idea. It's just ridiculousness to say, well, it can be said. doesn't mean it should be said. It certainly doesn't mean it's accurate. Dishonesty is protected by the First Amendment. But right here over top of my door, I, I used a dry erase board and I wrote it. But I made my own sign above my door, which is right here in my office. Dishonesty is not welcome here, Michael L. Craver, right? Why not? Now, you can't see that till you're leaving. But it's ironic that that's written on the wall leading into the rest of the house and not in the office, isn't it? Hmm. It's a good chance I'm going to put a sign just like that on the outside of the door because I have some more dry erase material. But I just, I, I really look at life and I go, you know, you got to play by the rules. And some of the rules are, you know, they're very democratic. Some of them are, you know, laws of nature. You fall down, gravity, whatever. But it, it's just unrealistic. It's not a competition. There's no winners and losers. If, if you just throw all the rules out the window, then you don't have any structure. Then you don't have a support system. Then you don't have anything to win or lose. What are you looking forward to? What are you waking up for? I I very much aspire to have people around me, to have a partner, to have a you know a, a wife at some point that is chasing down new things to learn and always trying to enhance. You know, oh, I didn't understand that before. Now I do. You have a long car ride and you you bond over certain things and. Hey, I don't understand why this guy reacted this way to something or this this person took this the wrong way. Now, the, the, the more I experience life, I have a very high, it's just how it is, but I have a very high aptitude for things. and I, I figure them out on my own. It's good to have somebody else that does speed it up a little bit, and it, it certainly spreads um, any of the information that I have around, right? And that's part of the reason that I do the podcast. I don't just tell funny stories all the time. I'm sure it would be entertaining. But I like thinking about whether or not someone else is looking for the same things. You know, I have that uh, girlfriend application on my website. There's a <laughs> there's kind of an extended version of of a it's it's a follow up and it's an extensive extended kind of thing. And I have it's, it's sitting here on the other screen. Uh, I'll preview it, pre preview it. I will preview it for you just a little bit. Um, I see some blue lines. That means I need to call Grammarly.com and renew my membership. Um, it says more random relationship situations. And I think I'm going to have to change that word because they're not all situations. Um, maybe, st- well, well, I'll think about that in a little bit. It says, what is your, you know, what was your credit score uh, six months ago? What was it a year ago? What is it now? Um, how do you season hamburger, steak, or chicken? Uh, if there's damage to some drywall or sheetrock, how would you go about fixing it? What candy do you keep uh, at home or at work or in your car or purse? Uh, 
If your boyfriend steals the car keys, he goes out, he changes your oil, and uh, now you're up late, he's made you breakfast, you're talking over the dinner table, and you've just now discovered, like, hey, no, your oil's, we already did your oil change, you're in good shape. Um, what do you have to say about that? What are your ways of expressing, you know, um, yourself when you find out this information, whether it's gratitude or he went behind your back or, you know, whatever. Uh, it says X equals three squared parentheses, three plus two minus three plus three in parentheses. What's the value of X? It's a, it's, we'll, we'll see if, if you got some order of operations down. Uh, number seven says 10 songs that bring you balance from turmoil. Eight, um, 10 folks that you hear which are writers, influencers, podcasts, or philosophers. So like 10 different kinds of people that you listen to. Uh, number nine, what gives you doubt? Number 10, in what situations Sorry, I'm doing the formatting here. Number 10, in what situations would you refuse to back up or support your partner? That's a pretty, pretty Deep question there. Number 11, when would you trade up or consider another set of options? 12, what are three new hobbies and habits you've added over the last year? 13, what do you have faith in? Where does it come from and what will break it? And uh, 14, how do you speak to others so that even bad information has a thriving honesty with a possibility of positive outcome? 15, what thoughts or feedback do you consider too toxic to share? 16, any areas of your life, or are there any areas of your life where your partner cannot criticize you? 17, name three unexpected surprises you've discovered in previous partners. Uh, and, and 18 is the last one I have. Uh, what are five distinctly different intense pleasures that you enjoy? So, that's at some point I'll I'll go through and answer some of those. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Here, just just because you've listened this far, and we're we'll roughly be, I'm gonna add some stuff into the podcast. Let's ballpark this at roughly ninety minutes now. Um, because you've listened for ninety minutes, I will go through this as it is to wrap this show up. Your current credit score, I believe, of mine is 805. Six months ago, it was 798, something of that nature. A year ago, it was probably more like 780 or 90. It's improved by 25 points, I think. Um, how do you season hamburger uh, steak or chicken? Hamburger, I usually uh, chop and uh, saute some onions, put them into the hamburger. Uh, use Lowry's, use some Worcestershire or some A1, maybe both. Put them on the hamburger if you want a little spice to it. Uh, you can use, uh, well, I don't keep a lot of stuff, but I might use sriracha or something. Steak is uh, Lowry seasoning, maybe some garlic salt. Uh, I'll keep some butter. I'll melt butter into, um, uh, I guess, a Pyrex dish, and then I have a silicone brush. So I'll brush the steak with butter before I put it on the grill so it doesn't stick, and then when I turn it over, I might brush it as well uh, so that it keeps the top from drying out. It's, it's nice that way. A lot of times I'll season it uh, steak uh, at least a day or 
more in advance. Uh, maybe with also with some Worcestershire sauce or something of that nature. Um, or Worcestershire, however you pronounce it, right? Chicken uh, varies uh, greatly. I have lemon pepper seasoning. I use Lowry's. I use uh, sometimes some uh, Creole or some uh, sole or Cajun seasoning. Uh, sometimes I'll do like a rub or stuffed chicken where you butterfly the breast and then you stuff it full of uh, whatever you'd, you'd like, if broccoli and cheese, Parmesan and something. I mean, stuffed chicken is wonderful. Um, there's damage to the drywall and sheetrock. How do you fix it? Depends on what the damage is. If it's big enough, you're going to cut a square out of it and you're going to um, put a new piece of drywall in there and mud it and, and paint over it. Um, recently, I've had some dings where I moved some furniture and what I did was I took spackle, you put it in the middle of the putty knife, you're going to put it in the middle and put a little bit on the putty knife so that when you scrape it, it never goes off knife. You scrape that into the hole, and then you scrape it a couple of times till it's flat, let it dry that way uh, for six hours to 24 hours, depending on how you keep your house. And then you can go back and feel it. And I would still wait like a day and let it cure, but then I go back, um, if it's a big spot, you're going to have to, you know, paint roll the whole wall. But rarely do I have anything where I football tackled anybody through my home. So uh, the one I did was about the size of a 50-cent piece or smaller. Once you've got your spackle drying into the drywall, you take, um, you can use a makeup brush, you could use a beauty blender. I have a painting sponge. But I dab that into a, a wavy pattern and, and then kind of blend it into the wall. It's beautiful. Uh, what candy do you keep at home, at work, in your car purse? At home I have, and this is keeping is, is the key word here, I have some Hershey's Kisses, some, uh, well, that's not really candy, but I have granola bars with chocolate chips in them, so that's kind of like candy. There's um, some leftover from a variety Snickers bag. There are two gigantic bags of Brock's. Starlight, Starbright peppermints behind me. I bought those from Amazon. They're like four pounds each. I keep saltwater taffy. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it just depends. I don't keep a lot of candy and sweets at home. At work, uh, I just, it, it's whatever comes in my pockets. So it's some of those granola. It's, I'll keep an apple or a pear in my pocket. I'll keep uh, extra, uh, whether it's winter fresh, polar ice, or... Maybe it's spearmint. I had three different kinds of extra gum. They were like seven fifty a piece for a ten pack uh, on Amazon during the fall. In your car purse, uh, in my car, I have some some more of the same as far as gum goes. I usually keep some. Uh, what are they? Swisher. I have Swisher Sweet Grape cigars. I'll keep uh, maybe one of my other cigars, which I now bought a humidor to put in. And currently, I have. These are Perdoma cigars. Some of them are 10th anniversary champagne, and some of them are sun-grown, but they're 20th anniversary. It's a different one. So this is Lot 23. That's 20th anniversary, another 10th anniversary. So I've been experimenting with different cigars as well. Um, those are my candies that I keep. Boyfriend steals the car keys, changes your oil. You discovered this while he did. So I made you breakfast and I changed your oil before I ever made you breakfast. What are you going to do? Uh, my my thing is going to be, I'm probably just going to rub your feet at the dinner table while I'm telling it to you and try to make you feel spoiled. You don't owe me nothing. Uh, X equals three squared. 
times 3 plus 2. 3 plus 2 is 5 times 3 squared is 9 is 45 minus 3 plus 3. 45 minus 3 plus 3 is 39. That's what X equals. 10 songs that bring you balance from turmoil. The mouth-watering Big Mac with a savory filio fish and a tasty McChicken. My goodness, that looks good. Oh, oh, you're making a McDonald's menu hack. Yes, a land, air, and sea. Oh, it's going to tip over. No, it's good. It's good. Very stable. Order the land, air, and sea by name, build it by hand, and hack the McDonald's menu. I'm surprised at how attracted I am to it. Currently, favorite songs. Um... Truth by Godsmack, The Way by Manchester Orchestra, Easy Now by Noel Gallagher and High Flying Birds. Been listening to a lot of Empire of the Clouds. That is um, uh, an Iron Maiden song. It's like 18 minutes long. If you're trying to listen to all these, thank you, but you ain't, you're not obligated. Uh, Empire of the Clouds is a tale of this uh, blimp that went down over France years ago. Um, let's see. What else has been good lately? Day is Daylight by Shine Down, Under Your Scars by Godsmack. Let's do a lot. Uh, <laughs> I love I love listening to. Uh, is it, I guess it's just called People Are Crazy by Billy Currington. Um, what else has played recently? A lot. Well, before I go out in the morning, I, I'll tell Alex. I'll tell her to play Savior by Red Hot Chili Peppers, Number One by Nelly. I mean, that my old wrestling entrance songs. Uh, Balance from Turmoil. Mm. Bomb Track by Rage Against the Machine. Our old tag team thing. Me and me and me and the Money Man Chris Deal. Uh, I don't know if that's ten. Let's name a couple Passenger songs. Uh, my favorite ones from Passenger are uh, Bullets, and uh, which is a tale of this old man. He had a collection of bullets. It didn't mean anything to anybody else, but these guys broke in his house and stole them, and uh, you know, kind of meant everything to him, but didn't mean anything to the thieves they didn't even know what they stole it's a true story uh i also really enjoy um home by passengers a really good tune but there's another couple of songs called thunder and lightning and lantern that have like a claymation video my favorite music video maybe i don't know uh i also really love the ballad of cleopatra which is a, a series of songs by the lumineers um it's uh, cleopatra sleeping on the floor angela and I, there might be a fourth song, and I'm forgetting it, but it's an EP. Um, ten folks you hear, writers, influencers, podcasters, philosophers. At the top of that list, more often than anything else, probably Jordan Peterson. Um, I have a lot of written works of Norman Mailer and Christopher Hitchens. Um, I, you know, I really enjoy... Uh, when you say people I hear, <laughs> I just like watching WWE. Uh, more recently, you know, uh, I guess you're watching the Bloodline storyline more than anything else. Roman Reigns got funny stuff to say now and then. Um, podcasters, philosophers, influencers. I don't know any influencers I listen to. Writers. I listen to audiobooks, but I've seen too many, too much produced content from Stephen King. Chuck Palahniuk, I've just got done watching Fight Club again from 1999. Fucking amazing movie. Uh, love, love listening to Red Fox. I own too many albums. I got too much. Love Red Fox. George Carlin's always a favorite, whether it's written, whether it's something that's recorded, uh, audio, doesn't matter. What gives you doubt? Um, 
the the things that that are warnings in our in our um, corporate training videos, sudden changes in behavior, uh, something that compromises consistency, unpredictable uh, elements. In what situations would you refuse to support or back up your partner um, when they're unreasonable? When they're being a, when they're breaking one of the three rules of Michael L. Craver presents when they're being a bitch. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell them what needs to be done. I'm gonna support them being a, a candy ass. When would you trade up or consider another set of options? I'm pretty fucking stubborn. The last relationship I st- I stayed in until she left, really, because I even if it's a you know point zero 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 one percent chance, um, I'll still um. I don't want to say I gave up. I didn't quit. Um, there's there's probably something that would be a deal breaker. I I, I suppose when it became uh, unhealthy to the point that it could not be repaired, um, like when you pull the plug kind of thing. Uh, what are three hobbies, three new hobbies and habits you've added over the last year? Hobbies and habits. Um. Well, I tend to think that a lot of the stuff I've been doing, I've been doing, doing my whole life, listening a lot more is is, is certainly something that's it's really um, important to me. Some habits that I have, you know, more than anything, have been making uh, customized lists, not only for myself but for the people I work with. I've made it a, a habit to bring dessert or to to uh, buy the guys lunch. Uh, once a month or, or more often, um, and kind of give back to them. I mean, I'm, I'm making overtime and I'm, I'm doing okay, right? So I'm gonna I'm gonna buy lunch. Um, I've definitely tried to form a habit of doing something more uh, real world for nonprofit places. Uh, I, I've given money to a lot of different, you know, Sierra Club, ACLU, and the Fisheries, and all kinds of Southern Poverty Law Center, all kinds of stuff. But um, hobbies. Um, well, they're not new hobbies, but uh, consistently recording my podcast would be a good hobby. Spending money uh, more on myself is kind of a hobby. I mean, I've you know bought some wrestling belts, and I would just I didn't buy nothing for the longest fucking time. Uh, number thirteen, what do you have faith in? People, community, communication, infrastructure, um, my instincts, family. Uh, where does it come from? My upbringing and seeing results. I mean, you know, what will break it? Uh, break my faith? I don't know. I got over being depressed or anything else. Um, hmm. I suppose that's like the ultimate test. It's like the scene in Braveheart with. Um, oh, what's the what's the, the the guy who would be king of Scotland? Um, Edward the Longshanks is the, is the king of England, and then William Wallace leads the pack. Robert the Bruce and his dad, and he says, <laughs> he says, I, you know, he he betrayed Wallace, and he he saw it in his eyes, and he you know betrayed him out on the battlefield. He took something from him. Uh, those you know the people that fight for William Wallace. Um. He wants what, what Wallace had. I'll see if I can have uh, get that clip and put it in here.
one who's rotting. But I think your face looks graver than mine. Son. I must have alliance with England to prevail here. You achieved that. You saved your family, increased your land. In time, you will have all the power in Scotland. Lands, titles, men, power, nothing. Nothing? I have nothing. Men fight for me. Because if they do not, I throw them off my land and I starve their wives and their children. Those men who bled the ground red at Falkirk, they fought for William Wallace and he fights for something that I've never had. And I took it from him when I betrayed him and I saw it in his face on the battlefield. And it's tearing me apart. Well, all men betray. All lose heart. I don't want to lose heart! I want to believe as he does. I will never be on the wrong side again. Um... Yeah, I, I guess betrayal is a is the possibility of breaking it, but that was one of the things where he, you know, once he he did that or he saw that, he he wouldn't let it break him ever again. So I don't know that anything would break it. Probably just reinforce uh, everything I already believe anyway. What do you speak to others? Oh, how do you speak to others so that bad information has a thriving honesty, possibility of a positive outcome? I try to frame things uh, or at least present things in such a way that there is a winnable outcome. Whatever the odds may be, or whatever the comfort may be, we're going to find a livable situation out of this. Now, it might not be an amicable situation. It might not be a, you know, but we can we can find, you know, where do we go from here, and what do you what do you need? What do I need? And, and establish that, and that's how you take bad information is to figure out everybody's needs and what can we do to kind of set everybody up for success no matter what path we may end up on what are your thoughts or what thoughts or feedback do you consider too toxic to share Ooh, too toxic to share mm. well you know me I like to say things that maybe you know they don't have a possibility of being said any other way you know, ban me for it and block me for it and lock me up for it and but sometimes, you know, it's just it's an experience. It's a it's one of those outrageous things of life. It doesn't it's not even kill anybody, but people just don't want to hear it. Uh too toxic to share. I have found that there are plenty of things that are observational details that don't need to be brought into the conversation. They're not productive. It's not gonna hurt anything, but it's not productive. As, as my favorite man at work says, he don't need to know. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's just plenty of things that people don't, don't, they don't have to discuss. Why bring it up? Why, why ruin the, the moment? 
Uh, are there are, are any areas of life where your partner cannot criticize you? Do you have areas of life where somebody couldn't criticize me? No. Say anything you want to me at any time. Um, how are you going to get better if you don't hear somebody's take on things? Maybe I want you to criticize me. There shouldn't be any areas where you can't productively talk to each other. That's why you make these commitments and get into these situations. So that you can have an unfiltered you know, a spirit of adventure in everything that you pursue. Uh, name three unexpected surprises you've discovered in previous partners. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I have found uh, sometimes that people have accepted things I didn't think they would. Uh, that's that's been a that's been a pleasant surprise. Uh, I, you know, to find out that something is not a deal breaker, or you know, that something is still a possibility. Uh, unexpected surprises you've discovered in previous partners. Um, I've seen a, and it's a bit obscure and it wasn't consistent, but I've seen a, 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 some different kinds of appreciation that uh, never appeared on my radar. It's a complete surprise. Very welcome. Um, but I said three unexpected surprises. It's hard to do this live. This is what I'm doing to people, isn't it? Um, that I have found new adventures that I like to get out of the house and have long road trips and travel. And you know, I always, you know, say, "Well, I I pay for my house. Why would I want to be anywhere else?" But I I do literally like um, getting out and, and doing those other things. Um, that's that's there's three unexpected surprises. Finding out more about myself that I. Would not have done on my own. What are five distinctly different intense pleasures you enjoy? I don't know if I'm going to say this on the podcast. Um, well, she ain't got to be a neurologist to be a head doctor. You know what I'm saying? Um, five distinctly different pleasures. Let's go down to four. That'll be one of my answers. Someone who is an amateur neurologist, as we'll call them. You can take that and use it as you want to. Uh, distinctly different intense pleasure. Distinctly different intense uh, Intense pleasures. Mmm. I enjoy the burn of just, uh, like when I have this uh, small batch Evan Williams over here. It's a, it's a different kind of thing. It's a different taste. It's a different feel. Um, it's, it's not some amazing high-dollar fucking... Uh, Kentucky bourbon. It's it is what it is, but it's that uh, of itself is like the you know that's the purity of uh, experiencing the product that Evan Williams is putting in front of me. I don't mix it with a bunch of bullshit. Uh, it's, 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 it can be kind of intense, and I don't drink to the point of being all buzzed up and blacked out or anything else. It's just how it is. Distinctly different, intense pleasures you enjoy. Pleasures, you know, riding around with my on a day like today. Hell, I might do that. Um, it is now 4.20 in the afternoon, and you roll your window down, and you go ride through, especially like where I grew up, and see the cornfields and the blue sky, and there's maybe there's music playing, but often there's not. Just breathing that old, that old familiar air. Fucking love it. It is. It's an intense pleasure. Uh, let's see if we can get two more. Um, intense pleasure, I Yeah, I mean, I've I've gotten you know, like a, a hot stone massage is a nice 
intense pleasure or just laying down and having somebody walk on your back and crack some of the vertebrae or well, I don't know like, if that's the right term. They're I don't know if they're actually cracking your vertebrae, but uh, you know somebody walks and pops your back and uh, or a nice back scratch or something like that. That's 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 a nice intense pleasure. Oh yeah, I gotta say that one. Uh, whether it's a power play or it's a regular one or whatever, like sitting down on the big screen and having, you know, there's a pass and Mika Jibinajad just seeing the Rangers put one past the goalie is, uh, love. I love it. I, when I grew up, I got to watch Michael Jordan. I grew up with Michael Jordan. Wayne Gretzky was in his prime back then. I saw him play some games. I saw the NCAA at its finest, you know, through those early 90s years and, just the dream team was going on. It was the 49ers, you know, peaking out in 94, 95, and so forth. It was Cowboys and a lot of other teams did very well back then. But, like, I think I saw a lot of the pinnacle of, of where sports could be before we started to influence them, whether it's chemically, politically, you know, all this other nonsense that goes on that kind of takes away from me being able to enjoy sport. We know too much about football now, right? CTE. Chronic traumatic encyclopathy and stuff. Um, I still immensely enjoy watching the Rangers uh, hockey games. Uh, that's that's definitely something I enjoy. Um, it, it's it's too much of a common theme, and a, uh, I think a, it loses its pizzazz for me to say listening to great music for every answer down this thing. But I think, you know, great music. Sometimes great music at high speed in an open road with a blue sky. All of those things together. When I was younger, you listen to Freebird, and it hit that solo while you were going about 95 down the interstate. Yeah, I thought that was as good as it gets. You can win, you get chills and everything. But now, there's other ways to get chills. Go see an amateur neurologist. Um, anyway, anyway, I'm going to wrap this episode up before we get, uh, you know, too far off the beaten path. Um but the best thing you can do, you know, and that's what I try to, to tell people in these episodes, is to accept the truth. And uh, it, it's been an interesting beginning of the year, and I think it's only going to get better. I have a very important interview on I'm not trying to jade myself or, you know, what would you say? You're, you jinx yourself. Uh, on Tuesday at 7 a.m., I have a very important interview. It's just an interesting life. To unlock all these doors and take all the, you know, as what's Eminem's song, cleaning out my closet? Um, yeah, but, you know, I was with somebody that I was willing to... That's dangerous to think that you're willing to put up with all that stuff. But I, you know, my, my framework, uh, my naivety or my faith or whatever was that, no, no, this person will turn the corner. I don't know if they would or not, because now it's it's not a thing. But, yeah, I've believed in some losers before. I mean, <laughs> the only thing is, if you want to create a dynasty, at some point you've got to have a rebuilding year uh, before you can have a championship team. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we've had some key players leave, our, leave the Craver organization, <clears throat> and now I'm... You know, waiting for the right draft pick. So that's my life. I hope you've enjoyed the the awkwardness of me discussing some of these things, the questionnaire, and and more than anything, I hope you've had an amazing Easter. I'm gonna 
either take a nap so that I can enjoy the fire pit late. You know, it gets late so late now. If you stay up and you have a fire in the fire pit, it's hard to be at work at 5 in the morning with any rest. So I'm either going to put a down payment on sleeping here or I'm going to get into trouble for a little while. Maybe go get in the car and take a stroll down some old familiar roads. But I hope that you're doing things you love and maybe you enjoyed some of this. Maybe you got something out of it. You're welcome to shoot me the email, CraverMichaelL at gmail.com uh, or you know, you, you see me out, come out and fist bump me or shake my hand and speak your mind. That's all I can ask of anybody, right? Thank you for spending your time on me. See you down the road. All I want to do is wait for you. All I want to do is wait for you. It's not love to say. Am I losing my patience? I feel it. I'm afraid that you know you can see it. Let me stand by the door. Let me breathe it. I forgave myself, so forgive yourself I'm not trying to 